Praise the Lord. What an awesome thing to be able to know tonight that truly it is well with our soul. To know that we've been born again, changed, new creatures, made brand new in Him. We're a blessed people, aren't we? Amen. Let's turn to the book of Nehemiah, if you would, tonight, chapter 8, verse 8. How many believes we have things to be happy about? Amen. Things to praise the Lord about and Amen. be thankful for in spite of all the negative things that are happening around us, all the sadness and sorrow. As I <clears throat> said last night and early this morning, looking at some pictures from Poland that Brother Barry Coffee is there now of some of the different believers that have come in from Ukraine and smiles on their faces, singing, happy. And I thought, they've got something to be happy about. They've got a man anointed the devil over there trying to kill their, their babies, their women, children, all of them. And God, by His grace, spared them Amen. and let them get to a promise, a land that God said, I'll take care of you. I'll watch over you. Amen. So I know you're remembering them. Please keep remembering them in prayer. We're hearing from uh, different sources of them just about every day, and you understand that you can't always tell everything so you don't risk people's safety, but uh, they certainly need, need our prayers. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8. So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, which is the governor, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, Send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be you sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many needs that more real in your heart today? I'm sure we all do. Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. It's so wonderful to be able to come to church and hear songs like we've just sung together tonight as congregationals and then special songs. Lord, to sense your presence as it comes to minister to us, but not only to us, but to you. For we know that songs and hymns are to be sung in the house of God. But Paul tells us that we are not singing to one another but we're making melody unto the Lord. So it's something about us singing and worshiping and praising that we are ministering to you. So Satan understands man, how his makeup is. He understands how to affect us by circumstances and bad events that are happening all around us every day. And to rob us of our joy 
then we in turn, most of us anyway, find it very hard to praise you when things are difficult. We find it very hard to worship, to render thanksgiving when we're having a hard time. And then what that does is turns right around and robs you of the very thing you made us for. So I pray you would help us tonight that we can see, Lord, that you've given us a wonderful opportunity to be able to praise you when things are going good, when prayers are answered, one request after another. We hear one testimony after another. It's wonderful. It's awesome. But help us to understand if we really know how to worship, we can praise you before the prayer even is answered. We can give adoration and glory to your name. We can lift you up and exalt your name. Lord, no sooner than the prayer and the request leaves our lips because we look at praise as being the water that waters the seed. Speak to us tonight, Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. How many just like to praise him? Any wonderful? Amen. God bless you. you. You may be seated. Some believers are sort of like the little cold spell that we had this weekend. The Bradford pears, the Cleveland pears, many different trees had come out. The forsythia bushes were so beautiful with their yellow blooms. The little crocus, the daffodil, many different types of low-growing bush and all kinds of things. And yet, something happened from the north of us. I'm not talking about Indiana or Michigan, but I'm talking about the Arctic. There was an Arctic wind that was allowed to move. Now, generally the jet stream by this cycle of March doesn't allow so much of it to be able to come down. And it's the way the Lord allowed the winds to be able to move on the earth. And those of you that have flown and uh, follow the weather patterns, you know that it's called the jet stream. So the jet stream is what causes the, the fluctuation of the temperature, of course, and it causes the winds to bring in um, rain and snow and all that sort of thing. But most of the time, by the time we come into this, where it's changing from the winter equinox into the spring, and the jet stream will not be able to allow to go so deep from the Arctic to be able to come down to us. Oh, we were enjoying such beautiful warm days. High 70s, beautiful, beautiful branches that were putting out their little buds. And then we get it on our weather report that we're going to get down to about 10 or 11 degrees. And we're going to get three, possibly four inches of snow. And we're just shuddering thinking about it. And we look out at all these beautiful trees. What happened to them? Look at all of those Bradford pears. I had some around my house. They were absolutely beautiful. Some of them had actually gone beyond the stage of just the beautiful white blooms and blossoms that actually started putting forth little leaves. I stood and looked at them yesterday, and I saw the very ends of them, how they had been so burned because it got about nine degrees at my house. So they were so burned, and they were just pulled within themselves. Why? Because something abnormal came their way. 
What happened to all the beautiful forsythia bushes? Most of them, unless they were under cover of another tree that was able to protect them, it was overnight. Those beautiful yellow flowers were all but gone. All the beautiful white pear trees and so many of the others that had start putting out. Why? Because something had interrupted their cycle. And now they bear the image of what? Not of life, not of beauty. As I took Erica early Monday morning to the doctor to get some blood drawn, and as we were driving down the road and she said, look, everything looks so dead. Everything looks, it was so beautiful with life. But what has happened? I said, but honey, it will come back again. Now, you know, many Christians are that way also. They come in the very cycle, we'll say, of spring, and things are going good. And this is the way many people have been taught to worship the Lord. So when prayers are being answered, testimonies are pouring in one after another after another. And all my people say, oh, I've got so much to praise him for. Thank God he's been so good to me. He's done this and he's done that and he's done something else. Now, I think we ought to praise him for that, but I do not think those things should be the foundation of thanksgiving. You see, just in praising the Lord in good times shows that we have not been adequately taught or we have not heard the teaching that's been given to us and we fluctuate with the seasons spiritually. So when we run into a time, as we would say, an arctic wind, spiritually, and it comes and it brings us down to where we are so chilled in church. You know, whenever I read the conditions of the Laodicean church, it reminds me of a sermon that I preached many years ago when I entitled it, The Laodicean Flu. Because when you read the conditions of the church, it sounds like the church had a good case of the flu. So, you know, the hot and cold and this and that. So one minute they was chilling, the next minute they're kicking the cover off and they're burning up. So they had a good case of Laodicean flu. But you know, whenever we as the people of God really find the foundation of why do we praise? Why do we give thanksgiving? And furthermore, when do we give it? Upon what is the basis that we give it for? I think that it would change our way of worship. I think it would change the very foundation of why we worship, and it would change the amount of days that we're able to have joy in our life because it's based on the right thing. Now, when God was anointing his people, of course, to write these blessed passages in the word, and we know that Nehemiah is the only place that the Bible actually mentions it this way, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah, there's others that allude to the very same thing. Paul, as we look at it again in Philippians 4, 4, said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So here it shows us that whether it's warm or cold or lukewarm or raining or snowing or thundering or lightning or whatever's going on, that there is a people that can rejoice in the Lord always. So it's not like that they are waiting till the prayer is answered, then they rejoice. 
Oh no. They rejoice because they believe God hears them when they pray. And they have learned by their father Abraham that praise is a water that waters the seed of your request. So you ask God for this and this and this according to his will, and then you start praising him for the answer before you ever see one thing ever come to pass. Then whenever it does come to pass, you're already in the cycle of worship anyhow. So it ain't like you've got to be pumped up and pumped up and you've heard me talk about the old pump that we used to have whenever me and Harry was little boys at our house before we got a well and electric pump and we had an old pump called a sucker pump. Now I had to work on that pump many a time because in the bottom of that pump there was a little gasket and that thing would get worn. Now what we'd have to do is take water, you had to prime it with water in order to get water out of it. I can't understand exactly how it worked even though I got down the bottom of it and I'd have to pull the thing out and clean it out. I had to patch it a bunch of times and all that. But all I know is Daddy showed me how to do it. So we'd take water and we'd pour it inside that thing and then we'd go to doing it. So the organ would crank and then the piano would get to going and then the drums would get to going and then you'd pour more water and then it would go to... And then somehow that old sucker pump is what they called it, which is probably what a song leader feels like sometimes. He feels like a sucker pump. He feels like a real sucker standing up here trying to get you all into a mood to worship God. So what he does, he tries to pour more water down through there and keep pouring more water, and then you keep getting it. Now, some of you that was never raised with that, and all you was ever raised with was the nice ability of going over to your faucet and you twist it one way or the other, voila, there's water immediately. Well, you don't know how to even appreciate it. And no, I'm younger than Noah, so it ain't like that I'm that old. So some of you know what I'm talking about, but you don't know how to appreciate it. Well, it's the same way when it comes to trials and things in our life, that if we think that Christianity is based upon a sucker pump worship and the same ideology as it was in our house, then you know what? you're going to miss many days and many opportunities by which you could worship God and praise God. And you say, well, I'm waiting for it. Well, go ahead and praise him before it ever gets answered. Because then you're acting like your father Abraham. So it is always in season to worship God. Brother Donnie, even if I'm sick, especially when you're sick. Even if I've got a flat tire on my car, yeah, as I said last Wednesday night, you may not be able to thank the Lord because you had a flat tire, but you can thank him you only had one instead of four since you only carry most of you probably one spare. So no matter what we're going through, if we have it in the right perspective from the inside, we can always find things to praise him for no matter what we're going through. You, you believe that with me? Because the Bible does not put a certain season just on rejoicing and praising and worship, but as a matter of fact, Paul eliminates the seasonal worship altogether, and he says, rejoice in the Lord always, or we would say always, and again, I say rejoice. Hebrews 13, 14, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Now, this is the way that we offer this sacrifice of praise to God, 
By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. So there's going to be times when you're not going to feel like it. There's going to be times that gravitation will feel so heavy on your hands and your arms and your spirit will be so low and you just don't feel like you've got a song. You just don't feel like you've got nothing to worship him for. And you know what? That's when God wants to hear a sacrifice of praise. You don't feel like it. You really don't think that God will even receive it because just to be honest, you're not in a very good praising mood. You're just not in a very good worshiping mood and that's when it will be a great sacrifice. I can tell you for preaching decades of my life that there's been many times that I was so sick that I was absolutely so sick I didn't think I could get to the pulpit. Several years ago, Carol and I and Erica was there with us before she got married and we were in Tucson. Uh, there were Brother Doug McHugh's and having a special service Saturday, Sunday, uh, two on Sunday. And we went out to eat with Brother Doug and had a real nice time of fellowship. And we got back to the room and we was getting ready to go to church. And all of a sudden, something attacked me. I got so sick, I didn't think I was going to live. And I told Carol, I said, take my phone and call Brother Doug and tell him something has happened. I don't know exactly what it is. And Carol, of course, and Erica started praying for me. And Brother Doug said, come on, you'll be all right. Bless his heart. <laughs> come on, you'll be all right. And I told Carol, I said, can you, I can't even get up. I, it had hit me. I was laying in the bed and I couldn't even get up. And Carol had to get me dressed. I had to get up. She had to try to tie my tie, see my tie, tie my tie. It's pretty hard for a woman to tie a tie when she ain't never tied a tie before. I couldn't even set up to put my pants on, my shirt on. And I finally drove to church. When I got to the church, I was so sick. I had to lay on the floor of the study. I told Brother Doug, I said, there ain't no way I can preach. He said, you can do it, son. I got confidence in you. <laughs> I've done been done this way by him before because I was in Africa with him, got sicker than a dog, and I said, Brother Doug, there ain't no way I can preach. I was folded up in a fetal position holding my stomach because I'd got food poisoning. And he said, we're going on to church. We'll send somebody after you. I said, no, please, I beg you. There's no way I can do this. He said, you'll be fine. We'll send somebody after you. So I started watching my watch. I thought, I might as well get up because he ain't going to preach. So you know what? I got there. There was probably about a brother come on his church, probably 1,400, 1,500 people there. And I preached the sermon that the Lord had given me. I preached it here. I sang a drink for the king. I was so sick, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it. I didn't have enough strength to even hardly walk to the pulpit. They had to carry me escort me to the pulpit. But when I got out and got under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it was like a bolt of lightning hit me. I felt so energized. And my, you talking about a time about 14, 1500 Africans and they didn't come like some of you do. They want to hear 30 minutes worth of sermon and go home. They're there to have church and they stay for hours on end. I'm telling you what, the anointing moved. I never felt one headache. I never felt one bellyache. I never felt one cramp. I never felt one thing until I was done. 
And then when I got done, the anointing left me and I was right back in that condition. I got so sick. As a matter of fact, I come home. It took me months to get over that. My eyes changed colors. They changed to a color of orange. I got, it was awful. Absolutely terrible. Did I feel like preaching? I felt like staying in the motel room in the bed. But God saw my need and God bless. I still hear reports from that one service all these years ago. Why? Because somehow, well, this time I've got to say it wasn't because I was willing, I was thrown into it. So you know what, Brother Doug said, you know what, you're doing it, so it wasn't saying, all right, how many wants to go? I've been the first one to say, no, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do it. But I was thrown into it, and it showed me that God, whenever we are so on the bottom, we feel like, and we think we can't do anything for him, if we will put forth that effort, he will bless it beyond what we can even imagine. But then, is it a sacrifice? Oh yes, it's a tremendous sacrifice. But aren't you glad that whenever we do it, that our Father always comes on the scene? How does that work, Brother Donnie? I don't have a clue how it works. You would think the anointing that would be on you to anoint you to preach that way would move that sickness out of your body. He gives you a temporary resurrection. You understand what happens? I had laid there all night long. I had been so sick. I couldn't even sit up on the side of the bed and I was so weak I couldn't hardly move and the Holy Ghost moved in me and energized me then people would have never believed the condition that I was in but I had to put forth a whole lot of effort in order to do it and sometimes when we come to the house of God well the music didn't start out right and the songwriter wasn't the one I wanted to lead in the singing well I kind of dampened my spirit a little bit and they started singing this song well they know I don't like that song Uh, you know well why in the world did they do that but if the song is in the wrong key and everybody's flat except for you and it's the wrong song leader and the wrong song if you come to worship God you ain't going to let nothing or nobody hinder you from praising God. Amen. You've had a bad day at work you've had a bad day at home but you say you know what I don't worship God just when I have good days. I worship God when I have bad days. I worship God whenever the bills are paid but I'm really going to worship him when they ain't paid. Amen. I worship him when things are going good, but I learned a long time ago he wants me to worship him and I don't even feel like worshiping him. He wants me to raise my hands up in the air when I think, why should I? What difference does it make? Why? What difference does it make? It makes all the difference in the world because that's when you and I are offering our Father a sacrifice of praise. How many wants to do it more? Oh my, by him therefore let us offer. Notice friend, you are offering God an offering. You are bringing to God an offering. Now this is not a sin offering. It's not for your sin. It's not for your wrongdoing. It's not for a perpetuation. It's not to pay payment of a debt of something you've done wrong. It is a sacrifice of praise that you want to love him. Why? Just because he is who he is. By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God and how often should they do it? Whenever your prayers and whenever your prayers are being heard, everything is going really good. Nope, continually. That 
What is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name? Now think of what a miracle that is, especially with us Gentiles, because we were heathens. We cursed, we lied, we done everything in the world wrong, and the fruit of our lips used to be filthy language. The fruit of our lips used to be cursing, and some of you even used the name of God in vain, and that was the fruit of your lips. Some of you couldn't live, used to, without cursing his name every day and taking his name in vain. But God changed that out of your lips. And now God has made the fruit of your lips worship and praise and thanksgiving. Why? The seed in your heart from your soul got quickened by the new birth. And what does it change? It changes the fruit coming out of your mouth. Why was you cursing? Because you're under that old nature. Why was you lying? And why was you doing all you was doing? Why? Because that dominant nature of the world was living out of you. It was talking out of your mouth. But when you get born again, you say, you know what? Shut up, devil. You ain't getting these lips no more. These lips is going to bear different fruit because a different seed is now dominating my life. Therefore, praise, adoration, exaltation, love, glory to God, hallelujah, out of my mouth is no longer going to come them things. I'll tell you, friend, it should not just be saying, well, I don't cuss no more. Well, that's good. I'm glad you don't. But you shouldn't even talk this way. I'm not a good Christian. I don't have much faith. As a matter of fact, in law, 1955 in Chicago, the prophet said, when you say that, you are talking the devil's language. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, my. Let's offer unto him Praise the Lord. Now, it's not a work of the hands, but it's a work of the heart because something has taken place. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, to the name of God, to the glory of his name, to the splendor of his power. The great, notice now Paul is not saying, let us continually praise God because our bills are paid. Let us continually praise God because we're healthy. No, if we praise God only on those conditions, there'll be days in our life we will not praise him. If you're going to wait to praise him till you have perfect health and you don't have a backache, a toe ache, a finger ache, a lumbago, sinuses, COVID, whatever more, well, some of you is going to lose a big portion of your life. But if you're praising him because of who he is, then you never have a day that you can't praise him. You ought to start your day with praise. You ought to end it with praise. In the middle ought to be praise. Two o'clock break ought to be praise. Nine o'clock break ought to be praise. And you ought to break again at 10. And then again at 11. And then again at 1. Just to give him praise all day long. I guarantee you'd be surprised how much better your day would go if you'd do that. We are to praise his name. Now remember the name, of course, represents his character. I love the way that David phrases this whenever he captures it as being the psalmist, and he gives us a thankful entry into the divine presence of Almighty God. Now, I know that sometimes we approach God in anxiety. We approach God in fear. We approach God with many different types of scenarios in our life. And the Lord understands when we're in urgent situations. I don't think God gets angry at us when we've got a dire situation, there's somebody dying, somebody's got something terrible, 
trouble going on. I don't think the Lord gets upset at us because we don't go into this, you know, this big long praise and all of that. But the Lord has a divine approach. Not only through the blood, but notice Psalms 100 verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now notice the divine approach. Notice a thankful entry. A thankful entry. Enter into his gates. Now remember, they're still worshiping in a tabernacle. A tabernacle, not even Solomon's temple yet. So they had three courts, and here David has brought the symbolism of that, and he said, this is the way that we need to enter into God's great presence. And he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Now, thanksgiving and praise are similar they're kind of cousins, but they're not exactly the same thing. Thanksgiving is you thanking God for who he is, what he is, what he's done, what he's going to do, but praise can be altogether different from that. Now, they're very, very similar, and yet David approaches one court with thanksgiving and another with praise, and he said, enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Verse 5, now he's going to get us a reason why. For the Lord is say it with me. The Lord is his mercy is everlasting. Notice he's not mentioning about your taxes being paid, price of gas is down, price of barrel of oil is under $100 a gallon now and then groceries going to come down. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, This is good. This is better. That's not why you're praising him. You see, as long as we are praising him based upon exterior conditions, we are robbed of much of our praise. Notice why we're going to focus here tonight from the basis of Scripture. We're going to praise him because of his attributes, not because this is going well, and this is going bad, and this is going terrible, and this got better than yesterday. Well, I'm going to praise him today because I'm doing better than yesterday. That's the wrong reason. That's only part of the reason to praise him. You're to praise him because of who he is. You see, if we praise him because of verse 5, for the Lord is good. Now, is God just good on days when things are going well? And then when things aren't going good, Brother Greg, God is mean. Now, can anybody show me any scripture where the Bible says God is bad? God is mean, God is wicked, God is no count, God is low down, God is rotten. It doesn't say it, does it? So notice the foundation by which a true believer learns the avenue of praise has nothing to do with war, has nothing to do with the conditions of time, has nothing to do with a hospital visit, a doctor visit, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with this one thing, the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Now this works in the doctor's office, in the ER. This works, oh my, whenever you're down, when you're up, when you're in, when you're out, 
when you have money, no money, friends, no friends. Why? Because it ain't based on your friends. It's based upon your friend. Amen. Notice here. Psalms 106, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Whoa. Apparently, David wanted us to believe that the Lord is good. Now, you say, Brother Donnie, that is so simple. I realize it is. But I wonder how many of you this week that the devil, because of things that you're going through, that the devil has tried to convince you God ain't so good to you. If God loves you, then why would you be going through this and this and this? If you found special favor in his eyes, why are you suffering with this sickness? Or why is your family going through this strain? Or why is this going on and that going on? If God is good. Well, if you're looking, well, I, I, don't, I don't think God's so good this way. Well, I don't guess you've got much to praise him for then. If God's kind of bad to you this week, then I would advise you not to praise him. I don't think you ought to praise a bad God. <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? If God's mean and hateful and contrary, I don't blame y'all for not praising him. I wouldn't praise him either. Well, friends, I come to this realization many, many years ago, whether I understand it or not, God is always good. And I remember what Jeremiah said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you that they are good and not evil. And sometimes evil things come to good people. Sometimes terrible things happen to good people and Satan wants to blame God for that to you and convince you he does not love you in order to change your perspective about your father. But if you believe this every day, then no matter what the devil says, you can throw this right back in his face and say, you are a liar. God is good on Monday. God is good on Tuesday. God is good. Well, I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. God is good every day out of the week. He's good when I'm up. He's good when I'm down. He's good when I'm sick. He was good when I had food poisoning. He was good when he didn't heal me after he anointed me to preach to hundreds and hundreds of his people, and he let me still be sick afterwards. He was still good. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. He is good, David said, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 2, who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Oh, Psalms 107 verse 1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Wow. So you mean it's okay to say the same thing over and over again? Some of you feel awful because when you go to God, you're still saying the same things you said years ago. And it's like you think you've got to say something new all the time. God wants something new. David said this over and over and over again. Well, you say, well, that don't make no sense to me. Why would God want to hear it over and over and over again? He knows that you're limited by your vocabulary. He knows you're limited by your human understanding. And one day he knows you'll have a language, a heavenly language, that you'll really be able to break into and give him praise. But you know what? He loves to hear it when his children say, the Lord is good. And then in the evening you say, the Lord is good. And then before you go to bed at night, you say, the Lord is good. And you get up the next 
next morning you say, surely you ain't going to say that same thing again. Hang tight, devil. The Lord is good. And then at noontime, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Well, come on, saints. It's not like that you have to have grand up. You just come up with a whole brand new thing every day. He loves to hear his children say, the Lord is good. Oh, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. I love this verse too. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord here tonight say, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Psalms 107, 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord because their light bill is paid, because they got gas in their tank, because they got groceries. No, friends, no. If we praise him only because of these conditions, Satan knows he would wear us out in this last days. We are facing things that human beings have never had to face before. You hear it as well as I do. Our governments don't know what to do. They're scared to death. We're going to break out in a nuclear war. They're scared to death of what Putin's going to do and this is going to do and that's going to do. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They cannot do it unless it's prophetic hour for it to happen. Remember, there was angels in the book of Revelation and they held the winds of the earth, which happened in World War I. They still don't know to Day. What happened and what stopped World War I? I do. Prophecy. It was the word of God. Man would have went on to destroy himself. As our great spokesman say this week, that man is now at the brink of total annihilation. That man, this war that they're in in Ukraine could lead to the permanent extinction of human beings on the earth. And I said, oh no, buddy. Oh no. The Lord God's got a promise in his word. Amen. Mr. Putin, Mr. Biden, or nobody else, including Mr. Devil, can work out of the divine providence of God. They will never destroy this earth. Look how David is so impassioned by this. David longed to see it, but the Jeremy in his day. I hope you understand. For, let me just break for a minute here. God was so vaguely known by the majority in the Old Testament. There was only a select few that ever got to really understand him through the light of the Old Testament. They desired to see him. They wanted to know his presence. They wanted to know his name. They wanted to know his character. And God would only allow certain ones to come a certain distance. Moses said, Lord, let me see your face. I want to see your glory. And God said, no man can see my face. But I will set you in the cliff to the rock. And I will pass by. And when I pass by, I will remove my hand. So God sets Moses in the cliff to the rock. And Christ, which was the visible appearance of God, Christ in the Old Testament walked by the cleft where he was. And Christ put his hand over the hole in the rock. And when he got past and removed his hand, and Moses looked, and what did it look like? The back parts of a man. 
And he said, show me your glory, Lord. I want to see your name. Jacob wrestled with the angel of God. And he said, what is your name? He said, why did you ask my name? Seeing it is a secret. But there was only a few from the Old Testament perspective that ever got a little tiny glimpse into the greatness of God. They knew he was there. They knew he'd revealed himself to their fathers, but they knew there had to be more. There had to be more. Even under this dim light, David longed for people to praise the Lord. Lord, what would he do today? If David was here and belonged to this church here and had a New Testament experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he'd want to sing every night. He'd want to be in every choir song. He'd be playing the, the organ. He'd want to play the piano. He'd be playing the psaltery, the harp, and all the rest of these things. He'd be the main songwriter in the entire message. He'd be going to all the conventions. I mean, he'd be singing. He'd be jumping around and saying, Lord, have mercy. Any time for you to go see Brother Ron? Any time for you to go down to Brother Tim? David, give us a break, would you? Would you mind giving us a break? It's a good thing God placed this man in the Old Testament. If it had placed him in the New, church order wouldn't even apply to him. Can you imagine a man like this? Why? He broke into an understanding that God was not this dark, mysterious being that was out there. People must have read his Psalms in that day and thought, what has this man got? What does this man see about God? Because this was not the, the visage and the appearance that was shared by every Israelite. He was so distant away from everybody else. So people like this man must have been so odd and so peculiar in his day because he sought God. A lot of them were afraid of God. They were terrified of God. That's what they saw, the persona of God. But David said, no, no, he's so loving. He's so tender. He's so kind. He's so gentle. They said, David, how do you know that? Where do you get that at? You don't get that in the law. No, he didn't get that in the law. He got it because he was closer to the person of God than many of the rest of them were. And when David saw that, what did he say? Oh, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Listen, it's a hard cry of a man that wants people, he wants people to praise him. Why? Why? Because David knew him in a way that was so intimate that he said, if you all could just know what that does, if you just knew, oh, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Notice, for what, David? Bread, water, light bill, for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Don't you see, friends? We never have any excuse not to praise God, no matter what's going on. This will transform our lives if we'll let it. Notice verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with long, sad faces. I am so pious. You can't even spell that. How do you know what it means? I get my church face on. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Yes, you will too. You shall be moved. Oh, let 
them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Psalms 116 verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. This lets me know, Brother Paul, there was days when David didn't feel that closeness and it was hard to do. Y'all have done that, haven't you? When you've had days, it was just so hard. Brother Danny, you've done it, you're nodding your head. You, you, you saints, you're nodding your head so you know what I'm talking about. That you've had days and then maybe at home and maybe coming to church and you just, oh, you didn't really feel like it. But yet you're just saying, I've got to do it. He, he deserves it. He's worthy. But we focus so much on us. Well, I don't feel like it and I don't want to and I really ain't in a good mood. Oh, I, I thought he was God and you was just a... I didn't realize you was God and it was all based on you. Praise the Lord. Oh, oh my. Verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Psalms 136 verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for your taxes are paid. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord when gas comes down below $4 a gallon. Who in the world would ever thought we'd ever seen gas at $4 a gallon? Don't you see, whenever one thing is fixed, look at COVID. COVID has settled down, calmed down. The numbers calmed down. And we all say, oh, glory to God. When COVID is gone, I'm going to shout before you could get your shouting shoes on. <laughs> Something else come up. And then you're thinking, oh, glory to God, when gas comes down to $3, I'm going to have myself a spell, sure as well. I, I'm going to get beside myself. Who knows? I might even get as wild as Brother Donnie. Boy, I hope I'm around when you do that. What are you doing, friend? You're waiting for the conditions to change to meet what you think meets the level of praise. But all oh, glory to God, if gas is $5 a gallon, you can praise the Lord for his goodness, not for the price of gas. I don't praise God for inflation, but I praise God for his goodness. I praise him for feeding us when food's the highest that it's ever been. I praise him for all the good things that he's done. Why? Because I've learned how. How many wants to learn how with me? That you can praise him for who he is. Praise God. Psalms 136.1 Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders for his mercy endures forever. Amen. This would make a good song right here. <laughs> to him that by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endureth forever. Don't you understand why David's praising God? He's praising God for his grace. Notice he doesn't mention one condition around him. He doesn't mention nothing about his family, nothing about his kingdom. Remember by this time David is king when he's writing this section of the Psalms. He's probably got all types of government issues, got all types of church issues. Remember the man had a whole bunch of wives, dear Lord. 
All them wives having young ones, every one of them wanting to be the next and David Strong, can you imagine how much peace was in that house? Woo! David couldn't praise the Lord maybe for all of that, but he said, I'll praise the Lord for his goodness. Wife number 37 wants so-and-so, thank you, God, thank you, God, you're so wonderful, you're so great, and no wonder the man learned how to praise God so much. Oh, my. To him who alone does great wonders for his mercy endures forever. Why is he praising God? For his mercy endures forever. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I had a car wreck the other day, and glory to God, I blowed my car up, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying we should praise God for that, but you should say, praise God, his mercy endures forever. I could have got killed. Praise God, his mercy endures forever. This could have happened and that could have happened, but it didn't happen because God was watching over me. You know, and then other people, like I said, well, if God was watching over you, how come he didn't keep you from that car wreck? I don't know, maybe a woman driver laid a model. I'm not sure exactly why he done it, but I thank him I'm still alive. I thank him I've still got an opportunity to praise him. Well, praise the Lord. Oh my, to him by wisdom have made the heavens, his mercy endures forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters for his mercy endures forever. To him that made great lights for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day for his mercy endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night for his mercy endures I mean, this man is saying the same words in the last phrase of this over and over and over. This is eight times we've read it already. And God was loving it. Tell me again, David. Tell me again. Tell me one more time, Aaron. Tell me why you praise me. I praise you because you're good. I praise you because your mercy endures forever. I praise you because you're keeping me in this Laodicea age when people are insane and I've got my right mind. I praise you, Lord God. I've still got hands I can raise up. I praise you because I live in a country so far where we can still worship God. I praise you. We've got a church to go to. Friend, there's never a day we shouldn't have something to praise him for. Praise God. Jonah chapter 2 verse 9 but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving I will pay that which I have vowed salvation is of the Lord I know some of you have been through hard times but is anybody here Ever been in a fish's belly? You've got fish in your belly. But how many of you have ever been in a fish's belly? But this man has learned, Mother West, seaweeds wrapped around his neck. You imagine that stomach acid of that fish? That man was probably burning alive in that stomach acid. He had not done this because of a testimony. He was in this fix because of disobedience to the word of God. But he still believed somehow, Brother Jeremy, God was merciful. Praise God. You see, this is learning how to praise him even when things are going wrong. This is learning how to praise him even when you've done wrong. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why? It's not because you're good. I'm going to praise God because I'm good. You're lying. I'm going to praise God because Happy Valley's so good. No, they ain't. I'm their pastor. Oh, I'm going to praise God because Brother Donnie's so good. Jesus said there's none good. No, not one. That includes me. That includes you. We can praise him because he is good and his mercy endures forever. Whatever I've messed up, he could have smacked me in the face and said, I ain't having nothing to do with you, but his mercy endures forever. What I've got rebellious against him and I've been stubborn in my lifetime and said, Lord, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that, but he didn't cut me off. You know why? Because his mercy endures forever. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Whoa. Thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior, Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Some of you may wonder, why would God allow you to go through such sickness and such turmoil and such difficulty? No doubt when Sister Becky got her report from the doctor several years ago, she said, oh God, why? God, why? And you know how we as Christians do it. Lord, have I done something? Have I done something wrong? Look at her sitting here tonight and what God's done for her. Hallelujah. Look at Brother Ron Spencer. We all love him and pray for him. And we wonder why, God, why? And yet just a little while back was in a doctor's office. Eye doctor. And the eye doctor wanted our brother to get everybody in that clinic area where this doctor was over, 12, 15 people, something like that, wanted them all to come in and sit down and listen to a testimony from a message preacher of how God's grace had been with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will we understand it all, friends? No, we won't. Will we understand why we go through this? Well, when I understand it, I'll praise him. No, you need to praise him before you understand it. And let me tell you, go ahead and tell you ahead of time, there's going to be some things in life you ain't never going to understand. Or you say, when I get there, I will. When you get there, I'm not sure you'll need to. So you know what? Whether we do or whether we don't, he is perfect every time, all the time. Oh, my goodness, if he lets all kinds of stuff come against us, and it's by his great wisdom and power he will make glory to God he will make it testify to his glory I'll tell you what I received a card and I opened it today from some saints down in Australia and streaming the service here and they was just boy oh my they just worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord for the things they've seen happen here at the church one thing after another after another I thought praise the Lord I so needed that and they're talking about the trials and the tests the church has come through what our families come through and this and that and they said you're still remaining strong I thought Lord God let that be me let it be me Lord let me praise you when things are going good let me praise you when things ain't so good when the report is good when the report is bad but we've got another report I'll praise him for his goodness I'll praise him for his mercy I'll praise him for his healing power when I'm sick I'll praise him for his resurrection power if I go by the way of the grave I can not lose. 
praise be to God. Can't you see what it does? Holy joy, inward joy by the new birth dispels care, worry, frustration, and doubt. Do you understand? Strong pulsations of faith and doubt cannot come from the same heart at the same time. Now you can have very great strong pulsations of faith from your heart. Doubt, anxiety, and trouble can come from your mind. But both of them cannot proceed from your heart at the same time because they're opposites. Perfect love casteth out fear, so it either casts it out or it don't cast it out. Oh my, wonder what we'd be. I wonder what we'd be if we would pursue this the way we pursue recognition or pursue a position in a company or pursue a living or a dollar or whatever more. If we would pursue this, I wonder if we wouldn't be happier. Many of you have got more things than you've ever had in your life. Are you really happier with them now than you were when you had less? Generally, more things require more time and more insurance and more upkeep and more thoughts to worry with. My, my, I used to think about our grandpas and grandmas, you know, and how they was raised. And Carol's grandpa told you before was a circuit rider preacher. And he'd go ride a horse and go preach and they'd give him a chicken, maybe a piece of fat back or, you know, some corn or whatever more. Great old man, loved the Lord. I believe I'll see him again one day. And they lived in a very, very simple way. Carol's grandmother taught her how to sew and she was about four or five years old sitting on her lap and had one of them old pedal sewing machines. Y'all know what them are? Yeah, Norm brought them out of the ark with him at one time. Y'all don't sit there and look at me like I'm that old. Some of y'all older than I am. And yet they had such a simple life. And we say, oh, we're so much better off, are we? I wonder. I wonder, do we have more peace? Do we have more happiness in this rich land of sin age? Oh, we can buy this if we want a new car, we go buy it. We want a new this, that, the other, we can go buy it. But do we have happiness? Does a new car bring you happiness? Till somebody runs a buggy into it at Walmart, and then you feel like you're going to have a heart attack. I mean, you might as well go ahead and put the first scratch on it because if you don't, some blue-haired woman will come down through Walmart down to the... <laughs> you see, holy joy, it implies habitual thanksgiving. It's like it never stops. It's consistent, continual, habitual. You never run out of anything to praise him for. Instead of just sitting around, I wish I could think of something. Lord, if I could think of something to praise you for, I'd really be glad to do it. Oh my goodness. Paul was a pretty good example, I think, in the New Testament. I've been able to express joy and praise and thanksgiving in pretty bad times. Acts 16, 22. And the multitude rose up together against them. Two preachers now, two message preachers, Paul and Silas. And the magistrates 
rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the limousine and took them to urgent care and gave them a Toradol shot. They threw them in prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made fast, their feet fast in the stocks. Now these preachers haven't stolen nobody's money or anybody's wife. They've preached the truth and cast the devil out of a woman that was bound by a devil. And they tore their clothes off of them and beat them till they could hardly go. And then they throw them in prison. And then they get in there and the jailer puts them fast in the stocks. And these old boys, they do a very peculiar thing. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Now imagine this jailer heard every language imaginable. Philippi was a Roman city. So they had all kinds of people coming through, of course, slaves from Rome. They had, you know, people with all sorts of languages. They probably heard griping, complaining, arguing, fussing, debating, conniving. But this was probably a first. Two preachers praying and singing. And they wasn't in the church choir. They wasn't sitting there, oh, glory to God. And everybody said, sing it, brother. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. But there they are, their backs are bleeding. Their feet in stocks. Well, why don't they wait till tomorrow when they get set free? Praising tonight brings deliverance tomorrow. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. Now notice, they did not sing sad Lonesome, oh, sometimes, sometimes I feel like a motherless child and a fatherless child and a godless child. Oh, Lord, where are you? Where are you, Lord? They might have been saying, prayer bells of heaven, oh, how sweetly they ring, bearing our message unto Jesus, the King, sing it's Silas, ring. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Oh, oh. Now, if some of y'all can't clap tonight and you've got 40 stripes on your back, I understand, brother. But just a little bit of one of the rightest boys, I'm not sure if it's a good excuse. Arthur, rightest, you know, the rightest boys. Oh, that hurts. As bad as Paul? As bad as Silas? You're talking about feeling sorry for yourself. Now, where's this mighty God that said he'd be with us? He was. 
He was. Praise God. You hear me, children? So they began to sing praises unto God. I hope you understand. A Christian can find more true joy in prison than a king on a throne. A Christian can find more joy in this last day than the richest people in Hollywood. Well, praise the Lord. Many of them movie stars are taking their life and doing this and that and the other. Why? Being a movie star don't give you peace. Being a rich man does not give you peace and joy. Hallelujah. But if you're born in the Spirit of God, you've got joy in this life and joy in the world that is to come. Can you imagine the rest of the prisoners? It's midnight. I mean, it's time to sleep. And I said, mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Silas and Paul. Let's use a little bit of wisdom. Paul said, I was thinking about praise in the place of wisdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Silas, I think we ought to praise him. But Paul, ain't you hurting? Oh, Silas, my back is stinging like fire. It's burning so bad. And these shackles, look here, these scars. I've got them all over my legs. This ain't my first time around, boy. I've been beat many times. Beat with rods. I've been left dead three times. Been beat with stones. Cast dead. All kinds of things I've done. But I've learned this one thing, Silas, to praise him, even in prison. I've learned to praise him. Who knows? He might open the door. Glory to God. Boy, they say, well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm quitting. Just as soon as I get out, jailer, jailer, we, we recant. We recant. The Lord, this Lord Jesus is not who he says he is. And he said, are you kidding me? I was, I was, I was so blind. I was so wretched. And now I see. Oh, glory. You ready, Silas? Which one you want to sing? What about number 10? Oh, there is going to be a meeting in the air in that sweet, sweet by and by. And here's the rest of it. What in the world? What in the world? Don't tell me of all people to get thrown in jail with and we wind up in jail with two holy rulers. What a place. You can't even get away from them by going to jail. You can't. Oh, I heard them preach down on the street. I heard them at the grocery store. My, go to jail to get a little bit of peace and quiet. And what do I find? Two holiness preachers in jail. Now, brother, sister, I don't mind telling you, this is the kind of jailhouse rock I believe in. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. When you go to worship in God and God who prayer bells of heaven oh how sweetly they ring God got to shaking that old church that old jailhouse hallelujah says, sing it boy sing it boy oh my you imagine a big earthquake and the Richter scale went plumb up to 10.8 and they got to dancing around hallelujah hallelujah to God glory to God 
and the jail store starts flying off of that boy. Listen, Lord have mercy. But what if they'd said, it ain't right. I give up everything for you. I quit smoking. Saved you from lung cancer. I quit drinking. Liver cancer. I quit smoking marijuana. Saved him walking out front of a bus. Jumping off a building and think he's flying. That ain't nothing. I give up everything for you. And I, I got a trial. They start saying, glory to God. Glory to God. Silas, what do you think about him? Paul, I think he's good. Now you said he was good out there when we cast the devil out of that woman. Is he good in jail? I believe he's gooder in jail than he was out yonder. What about it, you children of God? Have you been through anxiety? Have you been through heartache? Have you been through trouble? Did he help you through your trouble like he did through the mountaintops? Is he good, Brother George, when things is going bad? Is he good, Brother West, when you've got difficulty? Is he good, Brother Scott, when you don't have the answer to things and you're trying to fail? Is he good, saints? I grant you, prayer and praise was not the common language of most prisons. But you see, they brought their source of happiness with them in prison. It was not based on getting out. It was not based on what the jailer says or what the magistrate says. It was based on who God is. Let's stand. Let me just go ahead and let every one of our enemies know it. Those that are visible and those that are invisible. The enemies of the church of the living God cannot destroy our peace. They cannot destroy our happiness. They cannot destroy our satisfaction in Christ Jesus. They cannot destroy our praise. They might delay us a little bit. I hate to say it, but I've got to admit to the truth. There's been times I've let folks hamper my praise. I've let folks, you know, <clears throat> by their emails and Dear Donnie letters, as me and Carol calls them, Dear Donnie letters, and a lot of times them Dear Donnie letters don't have no name on them or no return address. And generally when I open and I see no return address, I think, uh-oh. And I open it up and Carol says, Is that a Dear Donnie letter? I say, yep, sure is. And I have to say, Brother George, I've let a few of them Dear Donnie letters affect my joy. I've let a few things affect my praise. But I'm asking God to help me when I get a Dear Donnie letter to open another Dear Donnie letter. The one that says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And rejoice when your name is cast out as evil. Rejoice and leap for joy. Not leap with it, but leap for it. <laughs> Woo! How many knows we need help tonight? Let me close with this. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, 
and everyone's bands were loosed. Oh, glory to God by two preachers praying and praising. Praying and look at the power that prayer and praise has. If it could cause an earthquake, an earthquake, it must have been a pretty powerful one that it shook the very foundations of these jails and these jails were built by Romans. Now remember Romans. My, if you'd have stood with me a few years ago and saw the stones there in Jerusalem, I'm talking about stones that are longer than this wall. One stone thicker than this thing is tall and cut with like a Roman OG band all along the top of that stone at the top and at the bottom. Solid rock. They didn't have Rawby tools. One stone. One stone. These guys knew how to build jails. And God knew how to tear them down. <laughs> the devil may know how to build a case around you. He may know how to build bondage and addiction and this and that and the other. But our God is a chain breaker. Our God is an addiction breaker. Hallelujah. We're living in the day when the devil has learned how to make drugs and make them so addictive that people cannot live without them and make them become addicted to alcohol and addicted pornography. But our God, hallelujah, his power is greater than all the power of the devil. He can break every addiction of hell and shake the foundation of it under your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the present. Remember that dream Brother Branham told us about and all them people was in those cells and he began to speak. And he said, give way, house of hell. Give way, house of hell. And all the creaking and the cracking began to go on in that place. People coming out from behind themselves, and they were church people, saying, we are free. We are free. Many of you have been free from smoking for years. Free of drug addictions for years. But you still ain't free to know how to praise him, right? You're just so bound when you come to church. Not just when you come to church. Don't get in your mind. Church is the only place to praise God. That's only one of the places. At home, on the job, in the garden, when you're fishing, wherever you are, you can learn how to praise Him. Magnify His name. Well, who would think that a prison would be an appropriate place to praise God? Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas. And God shook that place in such a way and whenever they come loose, the jailer come in and saw, and he saw the gates open and all the doors open, and he pulled out his weapon. He was going to take his own life because he thought he was as good as a dead man. And Paul said, don't harm yourself. Now, this is one of the instances in the Bible whenever we see good people going through bad things and watch God turn it into a blessing. That jailer and his, and his family, glory to God, they had to hear the light. And that old boy may have worked a lot of hours or something or another and couldn't come to the meetings, but God worked it out with them preachers could come to where he was. 
So here wound up them message preachers right there in that jail. And that old boy said, what have I got to do to get saved? What do I got to do? Glory to God. The Lord brought them preachers right to him. And he didn't just read about something and read about what God was. But somehow he identified that earthquake with them holiness preachers singing and praising God. Now it's amazing, really, when you think about it. Philippi was used to earthquakes. Laodicea had plenty of earthquakes. We know that many of those places did. But there was something about this earthquake that they identified as supernatural because he gives his heart to God. And then they go home. He washes their stripes. He goes home, leads them to the Lord, and leads his family to God. So out of that great test, God proved his mighty deliverance. How do you know that God may be letting you go through something that seems so awful, and out of the midst of it, God will save somebody, or God will let them get strength by seeing your testimony. How many wants to be that kind of a Christian? Praise God. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd forgive us, Father, for not praising you the way we should. Forgive us for not rendering thanks. Lord, I'm sorry that we based it more upon answered prayers and good days and good things. I have to be honest. A beautiful, clear, sunny day makes me feel better than an old cloudy, gloomy day does. Day like today when you get up and it's all cloudy and rainy and wet. But yet I know for our vegetation to come out the way it needs to in the next few weeks, in the next month or so, it's got to have that rain. So there's blessings hid in it. Lord, I pray you'd help us. Teach us. Teach us, Lord, that we can worship when things are good. We can worship when they're bad. We can pray. We can praise. Praise and prayer don't just belong in church. It belongs in prison. Praise God. It belongs in the hospital. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It belongs at the bedside of a sick child or a sick mother or father. Oh, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, help us as your children, Lord God. We've got so many things around us to be disturbed about. So many things that are heartbreaking. Lord, as we see some of these pictures and videos coming from Ukraine and the horrible things that's happening to those poor people, those innocent people that have not asked for this at all. It's so heartbreaking. We see things here in our own country, in our own vicinity here, that's so sad and so pitiful. Yet, Lord, I pray that you would help us to find our happiness does not come from when things go good on the outside, but because something wonderful has come on the inside. And that's you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you. We worship you. We praise you tonight, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As I was out yesterday morning, and I heard the little birds singing, and oh my, they was just going and going, and I just stopped what I was doing. And I just hollered at him, and I said, bless him. Bless him, little birds. Bless his name. Worship him. 
And I just started joining in with them and worshiping with them, singing praise to you, Lord God. Help us to realize, oh, they may think I'm crazy tonight, Father, but I believe there's a place that we can break into you that no matter how bad things look, we can praise and praise. We can walk right out of this valley, lift our hands and praise the Lord. I ain't gonna let oh Satan get me down. Why should I stay here till I die? I'm gonna praise him just a little bit higher. I'm gonna walk right out of this valley with my Lord. Praise God. I can praise you for your goodness. I can praise you for your mercy. I can praise you for your salvation. I can praise you for your sanctifying power. I can praise you for sending us a prophet. I can praise you for everything you allow us to go through in your great wisdom. Oh, Lord, we worship you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now we've prayed. What do you say? We praise. You see, Paul and Silas didn't have an all-night prayer meeting. There's times when it's good to pray and pray long. But apparently that jail setting in Philippi was not the appropriate night for an all-night prayer meeting. Now I want you to think about it. If they would have had an all-night prayer meeting, they might have still been in jail the next morning. God wanted prayer and praise. Amen. Well, come on now. Don't look at me. That's your Bible. Don't you see the people in the book of Nehemiah, they was weeping and weeping and weeping. They was, they was going about it the wrong way. And they told them, hey, cut this out. You're sad, you're gloomy, you're weary. Don't do this, this is wrong. This is not what God wants. Look how they could have missed God, just missed him that much. Paul would have said, let's pray all night long, Silas. Let's pray, let's just call an all night prayer meeting. And they would have prayed and prayed and prayed. God didn't want an all night prayer meeting that night. He wanted prayer and praise. Amen. And it's amazing how that Luke wrote this. And he said prayer, he put prayer first. And then the praise followed the prayer. And they praised with songs. And it was then that God got happy. I wonder, friends, when we go to pray, if we don't do too much talking, I wonder sometimes if we don't bring our big list like we're going to Sears and Roba. I want, I need, I want, I need, I want, I need. Bring your petitions to the Lord. But I wonder sometimes if we oughtn't to just stop for a little bit and just praise him for a bit. Just praise and Lord, you've been so good to me. Oh Lord, I want to bless your name. You've been so good to me, Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Don't you love him? Anybody here tonight just want to praise him just a little bit? We've asked him for a petition. We've asked him to help us. We've asked him to forgive us. What do you say? We'll just praise him a little bit. Oh, Jesus. We just worship you, Lord. We just want to praise you. You're a chain breaker. You're a habit breaker. You're an addiction breaker. Hallelujah. You're a devil caster outer. You're a serpent head bruiser. You're a grave defeater. You're a mighty resurrection. Lord God, we worship you tonight for who you are. 
We worship you because you are good. You're good in trials, you're good in tests, you're good in afflictions, you're good in inflation, you're good when all these things are going on all around us. God is good. Hallelujah to God. We're not come here tonight, Lord, to say, well, I'm kind of down in the mouth and I really don't feel like worshiping God, but we've come tonight to say, Lord, our God is good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is wonderful. God is so gracious. His mercy endures forever. He made the sun and the stars. His mercy endures forever. He made the moon. He made the universe. His mercy endures forever. Oh, we worship you tonight, Lord. You saved us when we were lost. You reached down to us, Lord God, when we didn't deserve you because you're good. You've helped us, Lord, when we wasn't even fit to be helped. Why? Because you are good. You've healed us when we were sick. Because we're good, because you are good. We worship you tonight, Father. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just love him a little, saints. Sing a little something for us, hey? Let's just worship him now just a little bit. I know it's the middle of the week, but you're going to stand out there and talk for 10 or 15 minutes after church is over anyway. So let's just spend a little time worshiping the Lord. Mm. We bless your name. We worship you, Lord God. The chains are We worship you, Lord. Down at the jail that night. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas would not be dismayed. That's right. Thank you, Lord. They said it's time to lift our voice. Sing praises to the Lord. Let's prove that we will trust Him. Come what may, God wants to hear you sing when the waves are crashing round you, when the fiery darts surround you, when despair is all you see. God wants to hear your This man has spoken and says your circumstance is hopeless as can be. That's when God wants to hear you sing. He loves to hear our praise on our sunny day when pleasant times outweigh the bad by far but when suffering comes along and we still sing him song that is when we bless the father's heart
measure circumstance is this is hopeless as can be
Jesus. Father, we thank you for the service tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts to correct us, to help us, to teach us. We're open to it. We want it. We love it. We love it when you correct us. It proves we're your children. Hallelujah. May we be benefited by it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'll praise you in this storm. I will lift my hands. You are who you are. No matter where I am, every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. Never left my side, though my heart is torn. I will praise you in this storm. In this storm, I will lift my hands. You are who. No matter where I am, every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand, you never left my side, though my heart is torn. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I will praise you. I'll praise you in this storm. Sing it, Harry. 
Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'll praise you in this in storm. This storm. sing this just tonight as you go remember the service this weekend but let's sing this tonight as you're going i'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you amen, amen. let's just sing that tonight as you go what's that first verse as the music fades and i am swept away I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's worth That will touch your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of 
music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that is worth that will bless your Thank you.